Now, this is something that should have happened a long, long time ago. But, you know, as COVID happens and different things happen, things get pushed back and you have setbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Offside Hockey Talk. And the man sitting with me and Pete today, that is Jason Trifon of the Milton Menace, the owner, the big boss himself, sitting down with us. Jason, welcome back to Offside. Good to be here, gents. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries. There's lots to get to, but before we do that, we want to say our shout-outs to our sponsor, Boxing Rock Brewing Co., the absolute big puck-off lager ale. It's the big beer for the big game or the big podcast with Jason right here. So let's catch up, my friend. What is the biggest thing for you that has happened since the last time we talked a couple years ago? Oh, gosh. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, it has been years, right? So I got to go into the vault here. But the thing that definitely jumps off the page, um, I remember winning um, very clearly our our banner uh, for the West Division Championship in our building, uh, which we were very fortunate to do. Um, You never know where you're going to win these things, right? Is it going to happen on the road? Are you going to win it in general at all? Um, but to be able to win that at home, that was pretty special. I remember at Memorial looking back, the building was packed. Um, and, uh, one of our, our announcers in our league, that's, that's, that's revered, uh, Alan Corkum, you know, inadvertently labeled our building, the madhouse. And we've since run with that. But during that playoff series, I just, you know, I had no idea how loud that building could get. I remember looking back when the clock went to zero. To answer your question, what I vividly remember, uh, I was standing along the wall and I looked back at when the clock struck zero, and we, we, we won the banner and the stands were full, like overflowing. And I looked up and there was people literally hanging from the rafters in our building. And, you know, people were like, yeah, first banner in 30 (laughs) years for Milton. It was just wild. Um, And, you know, security's running over to like tell guys to get down and, it was just something it's um, that, that I, I vividly remember that. And I also vividly remember Pickering, Pickering beating us in the semis, um, which was a very visceral feeling. I've never really felt that before. I mean, as an athlete, I felt lost, yeah. um, but just being on the ice, hugging the players uh, that were like literally crying. It was, it was um, so we experienced elation in one season and we experienced devastating loss um, at the same time. So, well, I remember when we first had you on, I asked you that question. It was your first inaugural season. Everything was kicking off. I asked you, what is the feeling you want to feel? What is the big one outside of the championship? Mm-hmm. And you described basically that. You wanted the pack barn. You wanted that feeling of you know succeeding amongst all the other teams. Mm-hmm. And there it is right there. That had to be you know, kind of fulfilling at that point. And like you said, but then it's the low at the other side of things when you do end up getting eliminated but yeah to hear that it's just like i remember back talking to you and asking that question you were like well that's a a loaded gun because there's so (laughs) many things you hadn't experienced yet right you haven't gone through all the rigors of a season and what goes the highs and lows so now Mm -hmm. you've got to experience some of those to hear that really comes that full circle for that question back what three years ago now four actually four well yeah yeah you know, yeah. you see what I mean? <laughs> but everybody kind of lumps those two COVID years to kind of yeah. together because it really felt like one long, long year. It it, it really did. It really did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to ask you, obviously with the menace, there's lots of growth within social media, obviously a lot of eyeballs on the product. 
where has been the biggest growth for you? Has it been within social media? Has it been within the fan base or, you know, just in the league in general? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Uh, I would say for us on the social media side, we've had explosive growth specifically on Instagram um, and TikTok. Um, Instagram, uh, I think last time I checked, we're the most followed team in the league. I'd have to mm-hmm. cite that, but um, I'm pretty sure we are. On TikTok, we're nearing a million likes. I remember when we started the TikTok account, we we cheekily put something out there that, you know, it was like, guess what? We're first to be the first on TikTok, you know, and, and that that platform has grown for us. Um, so I'll, you know, from the social perspective, I think, you know, from when we first met four years ago and I told you what my objectives were and what our objectives were as a club, uh, we, we've, we definitely accomplished that. We wanted to have a pro feel. We wanted to make sure that, you know, we were uh, setting a bar, if you will, in terms of the brand and, and the, the, the style of the brand. Um, and we pivoted a couple times along the way um, in terms of how we're approaching our brand. I think initially we were a little cheeky. We were a little in your face, you know, as, as the menace. And we, we've since dialed that back a little bit. And we've been focusing more on just, you know, the gameplay as well as our players um, and specifically the graphics and animation. That's been our focus moving forward. Secondarily to that is, is our advertisers. So we've been working very, very closely to infuse brands, um, community brands into our, our social, which I think is, you know, we're one of the few that do that. Um, and we're, we're always trying to craft different ways of doing that style-wise as a junior hockey club. Um, on the fan base side, we've been blown away since day one um, with our audience uh, in person. I think we've 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 relatively been or we've regularly, sorry, been in the top five ish uh, for for attendance in the league, which, you know, in a market that, quite frankly, for a while there, you know, outside of the Zamboni driver that was, you know, doing the ice, there wasn't a lot of people in the building. Um, So we've kind of blown the doors off, if you will, in regard to that. The community is there. We and we gambled on that. We, We had a good feeling that Milton would be. Uh, a good hockey community just based on the size of its mining hockey organization and just the, based on its legacy with the merchant stays, the steamers, etc. We knew that there was a hotbed for hockey um, and the community has proven it. So both from a social media perspective, you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves, um, but also in-person foot traffic um, has been amazing. The third aspect that not a lot of people um, have picked up on is the community engagement. So uh, whether it's, you know, uh, charity drives that we're doing um, in-person events with our players, we ask a lot of our guys, like we're always shipping them to something um, on behalf of the menace, the community aspect, whatever we're asking for, whether it's donations, food drives, um, you know, supplies for uh, the Legion, whatever the case may be, the community is front and center. They, they, they literally, come to and do whatever we ask them to do. Um, in fact, this Friday, we have a big game. We've partnered with um, this, uh, the John Tavares Foundation, as well as Sick Kids um, for cystic fibrosis. We've got a local uh, community hero by the name of, of Liam um, and Liam's mission. So, And he wants to help kids, right? He's a, he's a young guy himself, but he wants to help other kids. We're having a special charity night this Friday. Um, and tickets are like, you know, flying, right? So, and we're expecting it to be a very busy night. So, so those three aspects together, social in, in, in game engagement, um, as well as community engagement have, have really surprised us. 
Awesome, awesome. Um, Jason, so this team's fairly new, um, but you guys are doing great. How are you able to keep that consistency going? Um, equal parts coaching, equal parts recruitment, uh, equal parts environment and family. Um, I think the other stuff we talked about too, social, um, community, fan base, et cetera, helps. Um, you know, when you mix these all together as your secret sauce, it really becomes, you know, part of who you are, right? And um, I think initially a lot of people, you know, we'll call it year one as a, as a, I guess you could call us an expansion team, probably the best way mm -hmm. to put it. Yeah. Um, we're a little skeptical. They're like, branding could be cool. Like, what are these guys up to? Who are they? Um, and I love the name. You guys have a great name. The, the Milton Menace rolls right off the lips. It's awesome. Oh, just remember too, when they first came out and they had the jersey and everything done, Jeff Merrick was all over pumping that tire. He loved the logo, loved everything, had it all out there. I remember that four years ago. That was one of the things that we talked about. How cool was that to have Jeff Merrick bring that That's up? Wicked. Yeah, there was a lot of people that that um, you know were 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 involved and liked the brand, and and it caught. There was also a vote that was done a while back. I don't know about a year ago during the pandemic. You know, you know who who were the best junior hockey logos, sweaters, you know, around. Humboldt won that, but I think if I remember correctly, we were a finalist with them. So, yeah, I mean, the brand caught a lot of attention and still does. Um, but when you mix all those together, it, it kind of gives you your, your sauce, if you will, and your, your, your base. Um, and, uh, you know, from a coaching perspective, I think the style of hockey that we play um, is, is, I don't want to say conducive to the name because we're not barbaric on the ice. We're not, you know, aggressors, if you will, but we play very fast. Yep. Um, and when you play a fast and aggressive game with a name like the Menace, you tend to draw a lot of eyeballs. Um, and, and, you know, it, it makes you wonder, like, should we have named ourselves maybe the Monarchs? That way we wouldn't draw so many <laughs> penalties or people just automatically assume we're this, this aggressor. Squad. Yeah, this a goon squad. Thank you. That's a very good term uh, because that's really not actually how we play we don't we don't have quote goons on our team um but we're regularly up there um in terms of penalty minutes as a team in the league um and and i think you know obviously having fun with it like yes we are up there in terms of penalty minutes but a lot of the times it's just we play very fast aggressive hockey both offensively as well as defensively one of the things that our coach stresses um is is a lot of defense which you know in terms of our systems that he runs, um, I think really helps us be as successful as we have been as a club. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to ask you, you know, talk about the, uh, for those who don't know, the philosophy and how you have this team, you know, operating a certain way. You talk about recruitment and everything coming into this team year one, but as you've built that secret sauce, as we keep referring to, what sets the menace apart now from, say, a Pickering, the Royals, uh, all of these different teams that have been around the block for a long, long while? What sets the menace apart now where they can say, this is what we have. This is our memo of operandum. This is how we do things. and This is why people want to come here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like the examples you just gave are, are great clubs, right? So like... 
Um, I, I don't know Markham, like how they're running their environment, but they have a great owner. Stu and I, you know, are on the board together. We work hand in hand on a regular basis. And I know, you know, for a guy like him, you know, as involved in hockey as he has been and still is, um, he's very involved with his club. Um, so, and the same goes with Pickering, right? I mean, they were champions last year yep. um, within our league, went on to a Centennial Cup final. So, I mean, it, it, you're not doing that if you're not a well-run club. What I would say is, um, similarly to them, um, I'm heavily involved, right? So there, there's different types of ownership, and I'm not referring to our league. I'm referring just in generality across all leagues. There's there's very involved owners that um, put the calories in on a day-to-day basis. They're at practices. They're at games. They're working with the fans. They're working with charities. They're doing all the things. And then there's others that um, own teams and they're involved on a peripheral. I, I think for me specifically, I can't speak about the other guys, but for me, um, I have been involved. Excuse me. It's been a labor of love along the way. Um, you know, whether it's picking threads for the uniforms, designing logos, uh, you know, uh, painting the building we've literally held paint rollers ourselves as players and management to um you know being involved in the trade room uh meeting with players to make sure you know from a composition but behavior perspective they're the right fit for the club um and the menace manifesto per se um so i mean it, it, like these are some of the things uh, in terms of like you know perks or anything like that there, there's really nothing like like first of all we're governed right so there's not yeah. like we can just like lob perks all over the place for kids i mean we, we do preserve um their ncaa status and eligibility and that's sacred to us so like you know i i think you know just being generally with the players on a regular basis um i've had a lot of kids that have come into our program in fact at practice the other day one of our players that came in from another league said i, I didn't even meet my owner right last yeah. year right like you and your wife are you know um at practices and games and you're around right and and i think that can creates a family atmosphere um and family atmospheres in their own right are excellent and they make it hard right if you have to trade someone it's emotional um you know like we've we've shed tears players have shed tears leaving i think you know and that it just goes into uh building an environment that's wholesome that people want to be a part of right that's very true now, Jason, do you got? I know you mentioned that uh, you got bounced in um, the playoffs by the Pickering Panthers, but do you have a rival that when you beat, you just feel so good? You're clenching your fists. Like, what what teams do you you despise? I guess. Yeah, I mean, like I'm new here, right? So four <laughs> years into this, minus you know, call it a season and a half, I had no idea who the teams were. You know, who, you know, so. Um, you know, I and and you have to understand, like as an athlete myself or a former athlete, I'm doing less athleting these days than I should be, but um, that's another story. But as a former, yeah, as a former athlete myself, when the puck drops, like I'm playing in my mind, like I'm watching the game, and I'm like emotionally, like yeah, like I'm involved, right? Um, so. Uh, you know, we've got great rivalries that seem to have emerged lately in the last year or so. I mean, Pickering is always, um, you know, going to be near and dear to our hearts, especially no. coming out of last year. Um, and, I, you know, if I looked at our standings right now, I would say we're probably, if things stay the same, matched up to be the first round partners together, which would be very Ooh. good. Um, yeah, it would be very good for the league, for our division, our, our teams, etc. Um 
you know, Georgetown obviously being in Halton along with us, um, as well as Burlington and Oakville, those are always fun games. I feel like every time, you know, Milton plays Georgetown, Georgetown plays Burlington, Burlington plays Oakville. When we're playing each other, I feel like um, it, it's just a different series, right? It, it, those games tend to feel different than when yeah. we're on the road. Um, and, you know, as of late, I, I think, you know, Collingwood is, you know, when you're in first place or, or, you know, at the level that they are, they always become a rival. You, they're there. And we experienced this last year based on the way our team was built last year. You get everyone's best when you're in first. Right. So um, we've we've enjoyed playing them lately. And Dave, you know, and I speak on a regular basis. We're, we're both heavily involved in our club. So. He comes to Milton and I go to Collingwood. We always shake hands and, you know, we're gentlemen afterwards. But yeah. there's always there's always some rivalry there, right? Of course. Of course. Well, in that same vein, there's got to be one team, maybe it's Pickering, maybe you've already mentioned it, that you just love to get the goat of, that you just love to win against. That's one team. It doesn't matter. You've been here for four years now. There's got to be a team that when you pick up the W there, it's just a little bit sweeter. Not for any vindictive reasons, not to be negative, but just one where you're like, I like the fact that we got that one under the belt this year. Well, listen, you your guys are doing a great job stirring the pot, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm in the mix with you. I would say, you know, we've got playoffs that aren't far away. I would say that I hope the standings stay the same they would they do, that they do. I'd love to see a Milton Pickering series right off the hop. And just hand it back to them like you did. And send them packing and Milton goes on. The best shall win. The nicest but is, way possible. Yeah, we're, we're you know, at the end of the day, it would, um, it, there's some unfinished business there from our standpoint, for sure. Uh, well, I would look forward to that for sure. Um, as well for you, for you guys, I mean, you got a lot of commits coming out of the Milton Menace. So what are you building there that is allowing these players to be up on that scale where they can be seen heard you know because sometimes when players go to certain teams and certain leagues they don't get heard from they can put up all the stats they want but there's not a lot of eyeballs on them how are you you talked about the family atmosphere and making sure that their ncaa ability is there and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. but what else does the menace do to allow these guys to propel themselves towards the ncaa yeah, I think coaching is a big one, right? So, you know, we, we've, from a peripheral, I've seen um, players coming in from various areas, right? Whether yep. it be other leagues, other countries for that matter. Um, we have Americans and had, had Americans on our team. Um, so, we, you know, I've seen different types of players arrive in our environment. I think stylistically, the way that Dan um, Del Monte, our coach, has the way our team uh, has our team playing um, and the way that he develops them is is key I mean he's he's definitely um, one of the best developers um, of hockey players and that's what he's well known for in terms of stylistically how he develops players and I've seen um, young players come through our ranks where they're very raw um, and you know potentially forgotten about he might see something in them that others may not have seen um, and, you know, and, and he just does what he does from a development perspective to get to the next level. When you start competing at the level that Dan trains the players at um, and expects them to compete at being a Milton menace, 
you you get these got these players going at a, a different pace, a different their engine operates at a different speed. Um, they play with different ferocity in terms of their game, and that translates to output that make people notice. I mean, yep. um, uh, you know, there's a few off the top of my head I can just rhyme off. I mean, Holden Rogers when he started with us, um, you know, this was a player that was undersized um, that no teams in our league were interested in. He was playing in Hamilton for uh, the Kill TVs the season prior. Um, and Dan saw something in him. He, and it was an innate ability for him to see it. I, at the time, um, wasn't experienced enough. And I, 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 I referred to his experience. And he said, Jason, this guy's going to be a premier player in our league. We just need to give him some time. Yep. Um, and it, that ultimately translated. I mean, Holden committed to, uh, he's, he's now at TMU. Um, and doing very, very well. And, and last year was, I mean, he was, last year our league and our division was very, very difficult. Um, and and he was like a leading player. He was an all-star in our league, et cetera. Um, so that's one. Uh, Jordan Stock is another one, our captain. Jordan was, you know, when he came into our team, um, proverbially speaking, he, uh, you know, was somewhat forgotten about. He was a six foot four centerman, um, played a few games in our league. Dan saw him and said, this is someone that I can work with. We, he started working with him, obviously became our captain for many, many years, uh, committed to Brock, right? Um, uh, Lucas Buziel uh, played one game with us, one uh, in his minor midget year as an AP, and Dan signed him the following year. I mean, Lucas, uh, the rest is, is, is history. He's now an NCAA D1 commit to Union, uh, playing on Team Canada East this year, has been a prospect all-star in our league, was an all-star this year in our league, uh, was also on the NHL uh, watch list. Um, played one game in minor midget for us and ultimately signed the following year. So these are, you know, examples. There's many more. Owen Forster. Owen Forster came to us out of midget, if I remember correctly. Uh, we, we brought him up at the beginning of the midget season. So the season already started. He came to us as an AP. Dan loved him as an AP because Dan coached him for quite a while. He signed with our team out of midget um, and ultimately now is committed to Yale. Uh, NCAA D1 is now our captain currently also played on Team Canada East this year also was an all-star every year and a prospect all-star as well so I mean these are you know four examples off the top of my head there's more um, but you know I think it's it goes down to development it goes down to structure it goes down to our environment the expectations that we've created um, our menace manifesto if you will what it means to be a menace um, and how we compete and how he makes them compete. Jason, let's go back to the coaching staff here. We notice Zach Ronaldo's assistant coach here. How did that come to be? I met Zach uh, last year, and um, he was working out of Hamilton. And um, I, quite frankly, went to him to have him do some training with my son, who was in his minor midget year in his draft year uh, prior to the draft. Um, so Zach was on the ice working with my son in a couple areas, and I was very impressed with him. Uh, and the reason why I was impressed with him is because the Zach that I knew or I thought I knew on TV and watching yep. him, I assumed he was, you know, this nail gun, if you will. Um, and ultimately, what I found was someone that was very attentive, that respects the game, knows the game um, and and was teaching philosophies that, um, quite frankly, impressed me when I saw him working with my son one on one. Um, after he started working with my son, he he started building out his own little business there um in terms of developing other players and i i at the time said to him look if you're looking to get to the next level and want to start behind a bench please keep me in mind this was a year maybe maybe even a little bit more than a year ago okay. uh, we, ke we kept in touch along the way 
um, and an opportunity existed this year um, for us to start talking to him um, to to plug him into our our system in our environment. And we started working towards that with him. And then ultimately after the Christmas break, we were able to, to plug him in. Um, and he's also coaching in minor hockey in the GTHL um, with the Toronto Red Wings. So um, having him already getting some of that experience with the younger guys, I think he has the own nines, if I'm correct. Um, and then having him now on the bench with us um, with the 16 to 20 year olds is, is, is helping him. Right. For his coaching career, because that, uh, quite frankly, is his plan. Uh, He's looking forward to moving up the ranks in coaching and we're happy to be a stepping stone with him. Um, But for us, we've we've gotten from him a lot of things um, on the ice that that I think have been beneficial for our players and a, a new voice that the players can hear from. One that they respect alongside of our head coach who played pro himself. Um, and we also today, just today, have a new announcement, which we haven't even announced Ooh. yet. You guys are going to be the first to there know. Um, we have a new a new coach that's uh, been announced by the name of Matt Langan. Matt works for the NHLPA. Uh, he runs their Dreams and Hopes Foundation. Uh, was a head coach within our league uh, for the Brampton Capitals. Um, so we, another tenured, very experienced coach that's going to be joining the bench. We haven't even announced it yet, um, but he's... He's now officially on our roster and, and a part of our team. So, like we're we're really rounding out different areas of coaching within our environment, right? So yep. we have our head coach. Uh, you know, he's got his systems. He's he's foundationally put in place what menace hockey is, um, and we've wrapped around him different pieces of pedigree um, and personalities and gameplay uh, and knowledge um, with the other coaching staff that we have as well. I love the way that it all comes together. I mean, and again, not only are you growing players and helping them towards their NCAA, you're also now helping grow coaches mm-hmm. and help them propel to where they need to be. So it's almost like you talk about the, the manifesto, but it's like the menace are just growing everyone. And I mean, why would you not want to be a part of that kind of organization where everything is taken care of, whether you're player, coach, etc.? It all seems, again, family aspect. Yeah, I mean, like, we're here uh, uh, within junior hockey, right, to, to and I've always said this, to move uh, people to other levels, right? Um, you know, I'm sure our equipment manager, Brad, who's been with us for a couple of years, who's phenomenal, by the way, um, would love to move up to the OHL. And if he did, or the AHL, and if he did, we'd be happy for him to do that, Um you know, it would suck at the time having to replace him because he's one of a kind. But like these are the like the we're we're a stepping stone, right? And and I think for us, um, you know, knowing that um, and working with people to get them to the next level, whether it's a social media intern or a social media manager or uh, concession manager or whoever it is, we yep. we ultimately want to get them to the next level, right? And you know, like in any environment, there's there's people that work well in the environment and jive with the environment, and and sometimes there isn't. Um, you know, so it, it's we try to do our best to make everyone happy, and it's hard. It's it's really really hard. Um, and I've been learning this on a daily basis to make everyone happy, whether it's players, fans, coaches, uh, parents, agents, uh, you know, media. Like it, it's just you know, there's always um, there's always stuff to learn. Number one. Uh, we're continuously learning. I'm new here. I've, I've really only been here three years at this level of hockey. Um, 
and there's a lot more to learn, right? But it, I think we've done a good job to date, both on the ice and off the ice. We've raised thousands and thousands for charity um, in, in our community, uh, which we're very, very proud of and we'll continue to do more of. Um, and we've, I think we've really brought Milton back on the map. It's a great community. It deserves to be showcased as a hockey hotbed. Um, and we're, we're proud of that. No, it's definitely something to be hugely proud of. Awesome. Um, obviously, player development is a, it's a huge focus uh, for the menace. Um, how does this help with the uh, recruiting players? Recruiting players. So, I mean, one of the things about our league that, like, first of all, I'll say this is a very, very tough league. Um, it, it's Absolutely. this level of hockey in this league. It is hard. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a draft, right? So it's not like we have 15 new players coming in every year. And, you know, as long as our scouts are doing the job and as long as management's leaned in and knows who's coming in, like you've, and you've really got to go to work every year to ultimately replace players that are leaving. And typically those are your, your players that are aging out. Right. So it's um, that's in its own right. There's no draft, right? So you're constantly finding players. And now, in our division, just using as an example, all of our teams, for the most part, are very, very competitive, very, very strong. It's tight in our division. Yep. So we're all in competition for the same players, right, <laughs> for the most part. Um, so it's hard, right? It, it really is hard. So I, I think from a recruitment perspective, really what it comes down to is people are smart enough these days to look at teams, look at their lineups, right, and look at the composition of their lineups, number one, and say, do I fit in here? right? That's number one. Number two is they'll look at, okay, are these guys built to win this year? So the, if they are like, how many players are they turning over next year? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and like people are starting and I'm, I'm getting these calls, right? Like people are literally starting to do what I call hockey arithmetic to figure out like, do it like, is this the right team for me? Um, and there's instances from a recruitment perspective where players would be perfectly uh, eligible to come to say Milton but end up going somewhere else because they just deduce themselves that I wouldn't be a good fit here because they're going for it next year or whatever the case may be. So all that being said, recruitment is difficult in its own right, not only for Milton, but for all the teams, right? In, in our league specifically, I'm referring to, um, we all have a very, very complicated job. So uh, like what, what, what puts us, uh, put, what would put a team, you know, at the forefront from a recruitment perspective? Yeah, for sure. I mean, development, I have to think if I'm a player development in terms of my own skills and aptitudes, et cetera, is the number one thing that I'd be looking at because quite frankly, the skills that you're learning are what you're taking with you for your future. Right. Yep. Um, and you know, like there's amazing, amazing developers in our league for sure. Um, and coaches. Um, but for us, I, I just, I'm biased. I feel like we employ one of the best developers of hockey players um, specifically for on ice technical capabilities and attributes and persona. Um, and these are the things that in, from our view, go into becoming a, a great hockey player on the ice. Now, the other element is the off the ice persona, right? The attributes of being a mentor to minor yeah. hockey players, right? As through our menace mentors program, being uh, at hope and high heels to raise uh, funds and awareness for domestic violence, uh, raising money for food for kids. So no kids in Halton could go hungry. So when you mix all these together, that is the foundation of what becomes a hockey player. It's not just 
the on-ice technical attributes. It's everything all together. So when, on the flip side, a school gets one of our players that's graduated from our environment, we're hearing from the school saying, what an amazing human being you've moved on to us. See, that there is one of our focuses. And we put a tremendous amount of effort onto both elements um, of that with our guys. That has to be a special feeling, hearing that feedback, you know, that you've done everything and this person's come into that environment and started sharing what they've learned from the menace and bringing that forward. Mm -hmm. That only, that only can help you reap what you sow. Yeah. I mean, like that's what we're, we're in it for. Like we don't get a lot of currency uh, owning a hockey team Uh, and anyone that's in hockey uh, to make money is in it for the wrong reasons. This is a labor of love. Like the currency we get is obviously moving kids to the next level. Um, it's seeing them compete, seeing them learning, winning, you know, scoring, obviously all those fun things. But when they move on, um, it, it's a great feeling when they come back and they're like, thank you. Um, and, and we've gotten a lot of those, a lot, um, not only from the kids, but the parents. I have emails. I have text messages um, at our banquet last year, at the end of our year. Literally, parents were crying, um, saying this is the best environment my kid has played in. That's a quote, by the way. Um, in their minor hockey or in their in their hockey careers, that's important to us. Like that's yeah. it really, really is. So I got to ask, and we're talking about players that have come back through and came and mm-hmm. seen you and different things that commit. You got three years under your belt, so there's a couple laps around the rink for you now. Are there a couple guys that really stick out in your mind? Whether it's just performance or just just bang up human beings that you're like, this is a guy. I'm very happy that I had the chance to get kind of my gloves on. On the on our team? On your team, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, gosh, you're going to make me name off every single player that's played here, right? So, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, Jordan was our first captain, Jordan Stock. Um, Jordan did a great job. I mean, being a franchise captain, number one, all the way through to his graduation, and he did it with a smile. He did it. He led from the front. He was a vocal leader, both on the ice, off the ice. Uh, no matter what we needed him to do off the ice, he was there. That's a, you know, he, he, he definitely rings true um, to be, you know, a, a, a menace forever. Uh, Holden Rogers, same thing. Um, we had coming through our environment, um, Ryan Dugas, who was with us for a short time, came to us from Kingston last year. Ryan's now playing U um, Sports, which for us, uh, like, you know, is very exciting. I, I don't know coming out of his tenure in Kingston, if he, if, if he would have been playing U Sports this year, if it wasn't, you know, in conjunction with us and, and him having the season that he had. Um, tremendous human being, always front and center whenever we needed him to be. Luke, existing players right now, Lucas Buziol, uh, again, he's, he's a leader for us, always uh, at team events. Owen Forrester is a phenomenal captain. Uh, Thomas Gordon, uh, one of our alternate captains, is always at charity events. I mean, all these guys um, throughout our entire lineup are are always front and center. Anytime my wife, myself, um, anyone on management asks them to do something in partnership with the community, um, they're there. They're just they don't even think twice. It's you know, yesterday for example, uh, my wife um, went with Owen and five of our guys to drop off um, our fill the crib stuff that we did through the holiday season for um, MCRC here in Milton. So, you know, like multiple guys are helping her load the car. They're getting in the car with her. They're going to deliver. It's like this, these are the, these are human beings that, you know, we're privileged and honored to have in our environment. 
I love that. That's yeah. To me, I love I love that whole story. And I mean, you know me from the way that I like to look at hockey. I like to look at hockey, like you said, as a family and mm -hmm. it's everybody kind of coming together for greater causes, right? I mean, even when I was doing stuff with the Royals there, we did the uh the food drive when I was coming to mm -hmm. Toronto, right? So that was a fun time, but it was the same thing, trying to get everybody together and get the community to rally. And you guys seem to have your finger on the pulse of doing that. And it's a tip of the cap to you because there are some people that really probably wouldn't focus on that. You know, they'd focus more on the bottom line or focus on the on-ice product. So to focus yeah. on everything as a whole, it's absolutely amazing. And I love hearing and talking to you about how far the menace have come with all the things when we talked about four years ago that you wanted to implement and a lot of them have come true. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. I was warned coming in um, from a very, very reputable hockey person um, that said to me, you have no idea how much work goes into this. You're about to find out. And at the time I was like, ah, I've run companies, you know, no problem. I got this. Guys, it is enormous calories um, to run. And, and this isn't the OHL, this is the OJ. And we, we run this thing at times. It feels like we're running the Leafs. Like we're putting that much effort into this. It's midnight phone calls and strategies and board meetings, uh, you, you know, uh, promos, uh, media, um, editorial calendars, uh, graphics, you know, it, it just, it never ends. Right. So um, there's a lot that goes into it. It is a labor of love, but at the end of the day, we're proud to be part of this league. Number one, it's a phenomenal league. It's a hard league. It is tough to win in this league. Uh, I, it's amazing guys. Like, you know, uh, um, anyone can beat anyone on a given night. I mean that that's not cliche. Yeah. Like this league is tough. It's fast. It's built for NCAA hockey for sure. It's super fast. It's super physical. It is phenomenal phenomenal hockey and um we're proud to be a member of this league and um i think you know i think we've done a good job cementing ourselves as a competitive program continuously in this league and we'll we'll endeavor to be that way um every single year well i always look forward to talking to you about it 100 that's for sure i think you've uh, you've definitely convinced me now to go see a, a milton menace game if I, ever i'm in the area i mean i'm in ajax here so i may go see him when they play pickering but uh yeah this, this sounds like a ton of fun but, battle um, look at come in, guys. menace colors and pickering buddy you gotta do yeah, it we'll uh, i got some menace logger for you our own yeah. beer in-house we'll, we'll we'll hook you guys up amazing amazing um jason you mentioned the leaps um earlier um did do you have any thoughts on them? I, this is mostly a Leafs podcast, but they're on right now. The game's tied 2-2. Are you following them at all this year? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I, I, I admittedly, it's so funny you bring this up. The other day, Dan and I were in our in his office, and we were talking about the Leafs. We are like, we haven't, do you have time to watch the Leafs this year? He's like, no. Like, normally we watch every, like, we just don't have time. Yeah. Um, you know, my my perspective on the Leafs, uh, this is just my own two cents, very very skilled, phenomenal team, very well coached, love their playbook, uh, for sure. I love the way they're coached, personally. Um, I think they need a little bit more grit and sandpaper for the playoffs. That would be my <laughs> two cents. I'm glad the goalie situation. Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that that would be a good one, actually. That's, hey, I like that. Um so I think the goalie situation, it's good to see that cementing and, you know, really impressed with Samsonov personally. I know there's a big debate, but for me, I like the way he's playing. So 
Uh, listen, I think they're a phenomenal team. Um, and I'm also co cognizantly aware, uh, being in the business of hockey, no one is helping the Leafs, just like no one wants to help the Milton Menace, right? Yeah. So I get where they are. I feel for them. Like, nobody wants to help the Leafs, right? Who wants to help the Leafs win, right? So <laughs> That's the I, biggest thing. Yeah. What does Elliot Freeman always say when a team is uh, needs something or needs help? They never throw you life preservers. They always throw you anvils. Okay, I've never heard him say that, but that yeah, there's some truth to that. Like, uh, I get it. Like, who, you know, they like, want to sink you down. They don't want to lift you up. <laughs> right. Well, it's a competitive sport, right? Like, it's you know, it's any uh, advantage you can get. You got it. You got it. Well, I want to thank you very much. I know this one's been a little bit of time to get back and forth, but I want to get you on again before the playoffs. If you are playing Pickering, I want to pick your brain. I want to get that train rolling. And I want to get Mr. Petey Pie there to make sure he's in the. I will go to the playoff game if it, if it comes to Pickering here. I will hundred percent go. Oh yeah, no, you're you're going to be going because it's going to be fun. But I will I will want to get you on again just to see where everything's at, where everything stacks up, and fire it up a little bit. I love talking to you. It just for whatever reason we never get the chance to. So I hope this becomes more of a regular thing. Anytime, guys. Love to, you guys are the best in the business. Love to help. Love to be a part of it and chime in with, with my my thoughts. So, yeah, it would be, be a pleasure. Well, I appreciate it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this right here is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.